0: to have you with us tonight. Turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. We'll read verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse number 3 and verse number 4. I'll read out loud if you'll follow along with me silently. This is what we do here at the Anchor Baptist Church. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. No period. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If you'll go to the book of Ephesians, go forward two books, I believe. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. And you hath he quickened, that means made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins uh, wherein time passed. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Father, thank you for the Bible. May we, with every passing day, year, every time we read the Bible, every time we hear preaching, every Sunday school lesson, every musing upon your word, may we increase in the knowledge and understanding of the Bible, the words of truth about you, about us, about all these subjects, including the subject we'll be talking about tonight. May we become wiser in these areas for our life's sake, for the cause of Christ's sake, the lives of others. Watch over us, please, tonight. Thank you for those that have decided to come here tonight. Watch over those that are not with us. Please also be a blessing, Lord, to those that are watching live stream, wherever they may be. And we'll thank you for it all. In Jesus' name and for his sake, we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. We have a problem in modern-day Christianity, whether we're saved or lost. uh, So I'm not just talking about Christians. We have lost, if you would, the sight uh, that Satan is very real and he's not dead. We really don't. I'll try to prove my point. Uh, even though you bring that up, and among Christians you'll talk about Satan, everybody starts shaking their head like he's real. Uh, but there's some things that are missing here. Because of this, we believe, and people talk about, how God is at fault for a lot of things. Why doesn't God do something about the volcano? Why doesn't God do something about our food supply? Why doesn't God? Why doesn't God? Why doesn't God? Like it's his fault that all of this is going on. And somewhere along the line, nobody seems to mention the devil. So God must be the blame of all of it. Now, even Christians say that. Why doesn't God do something? If he knows we're going through it, why doesn't he do something? Well, there's a lot of possible answers for that. But in all of that, you very rarely hear anybody bring up the devil's name. You very rarely hear anybody say, we know who's causing this problem. It ain't God. You don't hear people say that anymore. Because of this belief, whether we have chosen to no longer believe this or we have not been taught what is proper in the Bible, we turn our attention, our attacks, and our time towards men as though therein lies the problem. Other people. People are the problem. Instead of we blame God because he has, if he's there, the power to straighten out all this. Right? Genie in the, Genie in the Bible. Uh, we uh, blame other people and attack other people forgetting about the devil. I will challenge you. The next time you get in an argument, which one of you brought up the devil's trying to cause a problem? That's what I thought. So I want to talk to you tonight about the devil is not dead. The devil is not dead. I'm going to teach you about five or six lessons about the devil. Now to some of you, this may be a, because you went to Bible college and whatever else, a refresher course. But it's good to be refreshed. Some of you, this will be a first for you. You're going to hear some things. You go, oh, I never knew that. That is really something, and that will be okay too. What we need to do is get to the to the area that no matter which category we find ourselves in, we've got to get to the place where we're no longer ignorant of the devil's devices. First of all, that he is real. Second of all, how does he go about doing his job, his business? What does he do? How can we recognize him? These kinds of things like that. Go to Second Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, it is possible, the Apostle Paul said we should not be, but it's very possible to be ignorant, ignorant meaning you don't know, of the devil's devices. So he has a lot of devices that you'd think because of the Bible, we would have a foot up going, I know what this is all about. But somehow we're ignorant of the devil's devices. Now, normally, ignorance comes from a lack of knowledge, which is exactly right. So, because we're not aware and ignorant of the devil's devices, my only assumption, my only conclusion would be this we don't know our Bible very well. For if we do, only thing we need now is a reminder go, that's right. But if you ask most people certain things about the devil, they're at a loss. They just do not know what to say. I'm not putting you down. I'm simply saying that's the way that it is. So the Bible says in verse number 11 of chapter number 2, and we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage on us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, in this particular case, he's talking about forgiveness. Not forgiving is an absolute open the door to Satan to enter in. Doesn't make a difference what's going on on your life or how you can blame whatever. God is simply making a statement here, and simply a Paul, God through Paul, and simply saying when you don't forgive, which is what this was about and you don't forgive, you are giving the devil an advantage on you. And when it's on you, then it affects the church. And when it affects the church, it affects the cause of Christ, and on and on and on. And guess what? Nobody's blaming the devil. Nobody's recognizing the devil because we're so caught up in, well, we get to that here in just a moment. So one of his greatest devices is deception. One of his greatest devices is deception. And one of his greatest deceptions is to keep people believing he's not real. Right. You don't believe that stuff, right? I mean, devil, you know, tail, pitchfork. You don't believe that stuff, do you? I don't believe that stuff, but I do believe in the devil. So what happens here is we he tries to get us to believe. This is where a lot of your movies uh, about mythology, you go, boy, that sounds familiar. Opposing Whoever's sitting on the throne in heaven, yeah, something like that in the Bible, right? Well, that's called Greek mythology. That's made up from partial truth and made into a made-up story. Okay, that's where you get Thor and Loki and and, uh, Father, whoever, and you you watch all those movies. I know you do. And so what happens is pretty soon we're going like, "Yeah, yeah, what if that's true? You forgot who's behind all this, didn't you? You forgot who is chaos. It's not Loki. It's the devil. You understand that? And so what happens here is deception means this. Listen very carefully. Listen to deception. Deception means having the power to mislead. Deception is impress false opinions. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, but it's wrong. Somebody has the power to impress people about false assumptions and opinions. May I remind you? Through the only true authority that we have on this subject, the devil, is the Bible. And the Bible, beyond any shadow of a doubt, lets us know he's very real right. and he ain't dead. Right. I know bad English, good theology. Turn to Second Corinthians, if you already there. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Chapter 4 and verse number 4. Well, look at verse number three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world. Now, most people that do not know their Bible at all wonder, well, that's probably God. That's not God. In this particular case, small g, God is never referred to by small g. We find out that this is the devil. Watch what it says here. Now, why would God blind the minds of people from the gospel? So we know it can't be him. Another reason why this can't be him. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Turn, if you would please, to Ephesians chapter number 2. So we find out here the devil is still, right now, the God of this world. You say, God's the God of everything. Uh, Yes and no. Everything will be done according to his will. The outcome is going to be exactly the way he said. But in this particular case, he's not right now the God of this world. The Bible very plainly says it is the devil. I want you to look in in, uh, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 2. The Bible says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Watch, watch. Who's this talking about? The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Well, that's not God. That's not our God. That's Satan God, right? Satan who wants to be God. And so we find out here he is still the God of this world. The devil is still the prince and power of the air. That now is working. You know what's causing all this problem out here? I I saw a a placard the other day. um, Oh, I wish I could. Oh, it made me mad. I just wanted to start shooting everybody. Um, In love, in love. Um, What did it say? Woman's liver. Don't take my right to abort children, something like that. I thought, unbelievable. Who would even think of such a thing? And so what they're doing, you said, okay, watch what he says. These are, this is the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Disobedience is anything that goes against God's word. That's a disobedient child. That's a disobedient person. So we find out here the devil is not dead. Now I'm going to give you some basic things tonight about the devil. So in case you want to write this down. Number one, his beginnings. A lot of people don't know where did he come from? Why did the devil, why did the Lord make the devil? The Lord didn't make the devil. We'll we'll learn about this right now. Go to Ezekiel 28. Old Testament, Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Uh, Even in the military, uh, they will always tell you, the wise soldier will learn his enemy. care what front you're on. I don't care if you're in a tough neighborhood. I don't care if you're overseas fighting a battle. Make any difference. And the same thing in the spiritual realm it would be very wise of us to learn about our enemy. Why does he do what he does? How can he do what he does? What is it that he uses to defeat so many people? Do we have to give in to him? These are all very very important statements that we need to know about. So his beginnings no 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 not in the garden not in the garden. Not in the garden. His beginnings did not start in the garden. A lot of people think it did, but it didn't. You won't believe where it started. It actually started in heaven itself. It started, and you won't believe this part, right before the throne of God. Now just think about that. Right before the throne of God, in heaven itself, the most powerful angel God has ever created. Turned. Then we wonder sometimes, why did that person just change like that? The devil himself is before the throne of God. The throne of God. He's the the, the archangel, the anointed cherub. You understand this? Uh, We'll talk about everything that was in him here in a minute. Pretty amazing. God created him for that purpose. And it wasn't enough. He wanted one thing above him. Just like Korah With Moses. See, things don't change. What the devil had and everything God gave him in heaven, when he was kicked out, it all came down here. Except now he uses it for evil. So we find out he rebelled against God and wanted that position. Korah rebelled against a position that God gave him in the tabernacle. And Moses said, I know what you're after. You're after the priesthood. So we find out when the devil came down here, all of that that he's put into our uh, culture, it, it do, folks, look at me. It doesn't change. It's just new people that don't know him. Every generation that comes along needs to right. learn again. He has no new weaponry. He has no, whatever right. God designed in him is what he is. It's just that people will not read and learn their Bible, and so they keep tripping over things because they are ignorant of right. the devil's devices. So we're not talking about heaven. Look at Ezekiel 20, 20. Uh, 28, yes, 28, start down in verse number 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation unto the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in the in the Eden of the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou was created. Angels are created beings. They're created beings by God. Look at verse number 14 here. Verse number 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth and I have set thee so. This is this is God talking Ezekiel talking about the devil. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways. Isn't that amazing? Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they are filled in the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Talking about the kingdom of God in heaven. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was, was lifted up because of thy beauty. Did you get that part? Got to be careful about beauty. Trust me, I know about these things. And so, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou was corrupt. Th- thou, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom. So he had wisdom by reason of thy right uh, of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground, and will lay thee before kings, and they may behold thee. We find out here that it says, "I want you to notice." He was full of wisdom full of wisdom when he was cast out of that he said if somebody does that can't be very wise he took what he had with him you'll find no place in the Bible where God took any of this that was created in him and took it away I'll show you something else too he was perfect in beauty the devil's not an ugly being in character he is in appearance he's not he's very very attractive he's before the throne of God And the Bible talks about his beauty. Every precious stone was thy covering. I don't understand this because I don't fully understand angels. I do know they're masculine. It appears as though they have wings. They seem to carry swords. There's messengers of God, on and on and on. There's a lot to say about angels. But we come to find out every precious stone. I don't know how this worked. Everything God mentioned right here. Understand before light itself, not the sun. God doesn't need the sun for light. Because the Bible said in that that, uh, city there'll be no need of the sun. For Jesus is the light of that city. Do you understand that? So understand this this angel, this anointed cherub. Hovering over the throne of God. Or standing before him. With all of his beautiful stones in him. And that light hitting him. Could you imagine how beautiful that was? What helped bring him down? Oh, his beauty. You said that's God's fault. No, it wasn't God's fault at all. God created him for a certain job, a certain way, just like he did us. So God didn't create you to sin. So what happened was we come to find out that all of these things were in him. So he has wisdom. He has beauty. He has all these precious stones in thy covering. Now watch this very carefully. I was talking to someone today about music. Uh, was it you? Talking about music, watch what it says. One of the things, thy tabrets, I didn't know what that was. Please forgive me until today. You don't either. And it's connected with, and thy pipes. That's not that? Was prepared in thee. So God prepared whatever this tabret is and thy pipes are. God created that in him. A tabret is. I don't know if you've ever seen in foreign countries, maybe even out west where they're Indians. They carry a little. It's not really a drum, and they boom, 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 boom. It's like keeping time. It wasn't a main instrument. It was to help keep time. It wasn't the bass and drums have become the overpowering instrument wonder where that all come from. Right. See, in heaven, God gave him the tabrets. And according to definition, to drum on as a tambourine, you know a tambourine has that, that covering over top of it? It's not a main instrument. It's not most of a main instrument. And then it goes along with to accompany a pipe or a flute. To accompany. It's not the main thing. But look what's happened to the music. Right. Yeah. You know where music came from? It came from God but it was created in him is created to be heavenly, right. to be heavenly, not devilish. And drums were not to be the main instrument right. by a long shot. Right. We come to find out here that it was at the very least, at the very most, I'm sorry, is a simple, a a almost a keeping time. That's what this is for. And it goes along with all of your pipes, all of the singing, the music that comes from you. So now we know more about him. Now we can see how some of that has changed, and you wonder why music plays such a big plays such a big uh, emphasis in churches and everywhere else you go. Right. What's the big deal about? Who cares what the music is? Uh, well, there's a reason for this. Right. So watch what else it says: Thou art the anointed cherub. God anointed you specifically for that job right there, specifically. Not a lot of jobs. That job right there. Watch this. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. God said here, right there you were with him. No other angel does talk about this. Just him. Now understand, this isn't Satan yet. This is Lucifer. All right? Then it says this thou wast oh perfect in thy ways. Now I got to musing on this today and I'm wondering if Everything that he did, every place he went, is that what that means, ways, or the ways that God built in him? I don't know. Does that mean wherever he went, he did things perfectly in all of those ways? Is that what, I don't know. It's worth studying out, though, don't you think? You see, what we have here is a real, live, real, live, not a figment of the imagination, not an evil force, not an evil spirit, A real, live, created being. An angel, but not a god. An angel, but not a god. But what what we just read, the god of this world. That's what he wants to be. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he's an angel. Very powerful angel. But an angel at the very most. He wants to be god. He cannot be god. So we'll talk about that in a minute. All of these things God put in him and is still in him, but when he fell, now he used it in a very evil, deceptive way. It seems to be working too. I like to go to those churches that have that kind of music. You know what I'm talking about? I can really get into that. Man, they got that kind of music. I like that kind of music. Can't you see people in heaven around the throne doing this? Can't you just see that? I mean, What's happened to our Music. You know what they say? Well, when you just have piano and singing and songs, that okay, the words are kind of nice. It just doesn't do anything for me. One is flesh, one is spirit. Right. One comes from the world and the other one doesn't. So let's talk about number two, his downfall. How did this happen? I want you to turn, if you would please, to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter number 14. Isaiah chapter number 14. Sometime before man was created on this earth or shortly after. Sometime before. Now we talk about the world. We talk about it starting with man. Time started with man. I really have no idea how long the world was here before man got here. I don't. Maybe you do. I don't. I do not believe in the Big Bang Theory. I'm simply saying pre-Adamic man. The world was here before Adam. The Bible said it was was void, all right? Darkness on the face of the earth. It kind of starts that way. And so we come to find out sometime before man or very shortly after, we call that pre-earth or pre-Adamic man. So somewhere along the way, Satan was cast out of the heaven down to the heavens and he has access to the earth don't believe this he still has access to heaven at times so he wasn't kicked out and sent to hell he wasn't sent to hell he don't want to go to hell anymore than you do right, right. actually he knows it's very real he don't want to go right. so what happens here is this the earth was void of anything and then in genesis chapter one we see god starting to create on this world We find out all the things that he did from there. He makes man his crowning creation. Understand, the devil, if you would, back when he was Lucifer, the archangel, was right before the throne of God. You couldn't get any higher than that except to be God. And that was his downfall. Come to find out, God made man, the Bible says in Hebrews, a little lower than the angels, and crowned him with great glory and honor. He gave him dominion. Remember reading that in Genesis over the whole world, over the earth, the animals, the trees, everything. Everything. God gave man, not, not Lucifer, not angels, us. So we find out here that the devil sets out because of that to destroy God's plan by destroying man, keeping him from God. So guess what people have done? In their ignorance, They, whether they know it or not, willing or not, are actually serving in the devil's plan if they're not saved. The Bible even talks about the Christian who yields his members of members of unrighteousness are aiding the devil against God. Christian, listen to me very carefully. I'll show you that here in just a moment. So look here in Isaiah chapter number 14. Look at verse number 9. The Bible said, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. That doesn't sound good at all, does it? Even all the chief ones of the earth. Yeah, I guess they're down there too. It hath raised up from its thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say to thee, art thou also become with? Now they're talking about Satan. And you see, you become like the rest of us. When it comes to God, I don't care if it's a king or Satan himself. He's just like everybody else. Watch what happens. Thou art become like unto us, verse 11. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials. Huh, where did we hear that before? Those are instruments. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now see, he's talking Lucifer. It was his archangel name. And call him the devil, not in heaven he wasn't. Don't call him Satan in heaven, Lucifer. That was his archangel, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Okay, so watch what it says here. So he says, son of the morning, how art thou cast down, oh, sorry, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nation? Now we know who we're talking about here, right? For thou hast said in thine heart, ready, watch, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, all through 14. All about him. That's why the Bible said the backslider shall be filled with his own ways. Right. I will. Me. Mine. How come I can't? Why can't I? I think it's me. On and on and on. You know where that comes from? The same spirit that the devil has. Now watch this. He said, verse number 13, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's all the other angels. I will set upon the mount of the congregation of the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. See, this is man's problem. This is what the devil tempted Eve with. Yes. You know, in good and evil, you could be like God's. Do you remember that? Right. He hasn't changed. He didn't change. When that happened up there, he brought it down here, and all these 6,000 years has not changed one bit. He has no new gimmicks. He has no new deception. He just has new people, and we just keep falling for it. Right. So watch what happens here. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, verse number 15, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon There's nothing special about this. And consider thee saying, is this the man? that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms, that made the world a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners? That's him. Is this who we're talking about? We're talking about the devil? It appears as though in these verses and some others that angels have a free will or at least did because he decided to do this. Nobody made him. He was not created to do this. He was—he was Lucifer, the archangel for the ark of God, and that was his destination. That was his design. All of a sudden, something got in him, and it's all I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, and all of it was about setting upon the sides of the north and wanting to be like or become the Most High. Remember what he got Eve on? You know, good and evil. God knows you can become as gods. Boy, that—that that, man. If that is attractive enough for an archangel, you don't think that's attractive enough for us? So this is what's going on here. We come to find out Satan brought all this nature with him down here. He said, I I lift up myself. I'll set up my throne. I will be above God. The congregations uh, will worship me. I will be God. And so the Bible, with a little g, he is the God of this age. So when you fit the whole Bible together, it starts to make sense. Don't nickpit and pick pieces here and there. All the Bible fits together if you're studying and dividing it properly. That's the way it's supposed to work. So God cast Lucifer out of his position before God. He had a position before God, said, Not anymore, you don't. And his place in the heaven kicked him out of there. So we find out about Daniel that there was this great battle going on, not in heaven. There is no battle between God and an archangel. There are battles between angels, messengers of God, and evil angels that are trying to stop them from aiding us. This is what Daniel ran into for three weeks. So great was that battle with Satan that Michael had to call Gabriel, the other archangel, in order to get through. It's a huge battle going on all around us. We pay no attention to it at all. Right. You know why? Person causing my problems is is Mullins. That's 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 my. You're the one causing all my. Nobody brings up the devil anymore. Right. Nobody does that. So what we have here, God redeemed man back through Christ. So we find out here that Satan uh, lost. Uh, now he becomes the god of this world. I'm sorry. I just jumped. My bad. Turn to, turn to Job. I said, there are times when Satan, this this sounds so odd to me. Why would God do this to get glory even from him? He's going to too. Watch what he did. He actually allows Satan to have access to the throne of God itself. Again, when permitted. When we find out when the other angels or the called sons of God come before God, Satan was found there. Watch what it says. Go to Job, right before Psalms, Job. Chapter number one, Job chapter number one, go down to verse number six, chapter one, verse six. Now there was a day when the sons of God, these are angels, not us, came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them. So there seems to be a time when they report, it sounds like, that whatever they're doing right here, they're coming before God. Satan was found there. He was there. God didn't say, what are you doing there? I kicked you out one time before. It doesn't say that. Actually, they carry on a conversation about Job. Go to uh, Job chapter 2 and verse number 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And then we find a conversation between the two of them, Satan asking permission to do certain things towards Job. So this is kind of the conversation that's up there. We find out later on in Revelation that Satan is the accuser of the brethren before God. So he goes before God and says, yeah, that's one of yours, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and they're all saved, supposed to be living for you? Yeah, well, look. and I just wonder how many times when he's accusing, he's not lying. Though he is a liar and the father of it. That's why lying is so serious and mankind has done it again. We made it to not a big deal. It's right. not a white lie, it's a gray lie, maybe it's a purple light or a pink lie, maybe it's just polka dotted, who knows. Oh, look at him fibbing, it's a lie. Right. Do you know who the father of liars are? It's the devil. Amen. So God doesn't like that. So what happens here is simply this. We find out here, he, he appears, even to this day, he's allowed to come before God. Turn to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter number 12. Breaking in new Bibles. Revelation chapter number 12. There we go. Look at down verse number 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. I don't fully understand what all that means, day and night, continually. I don't understand that. If I was God, I wouldn't put up with it. But he did. So we find out here several things. We come to find out that Satan tried to lift himself up and said, I want to be like God, which is the same thing he did to Adam and Eve, and the same thing he still tempts people with today, except he does it through knowledge. You could be a whole, you could actually guide and lead your own life, you could make your own decisions. You know what you're doing with all the knowledge and the education degrees you've got, you're as smart as God. You can guide your own life, make decisions for your own life. You don't need to talk to anybody. This is the same trick he pulled with Eve. Right. And destroy, look what happened to mankind. So let's talk about the destruction of man. It's just a synopsis. It's just a little, little thrown together here. So now watch this very carefully. The destruction of man. Satan could not be God, capital G. God put a stop to that and kicked him out of the heaven. You want to come back here by permission or when it's time to, other than that, he just doesn't. I don't understand the night and day thing. So we find out here that during this time, he set out to be the God of this world. Satan did. I can't be God in heaven, set up on the sides of the north. So he got kicked out. I don't know if it was before man or shortly after that. I do know he showed up in the garden. That part we know for sure because of Genesis chapter number 2 and 3. We come to find out here, though, with all this going on in the garden, Because of the fall, watch very carefully, man forfeited his right to be in the presence of God. What a loss. Wait a minute, Satan lost his... He couldn't be in the presence of God. Man forfeited his right to have dominion over the earth. Satan forfeited his right to have that place right before God. See any similarities here? We come to find out also that man lost his eternal life with God and his dominion over the earth. Man lost a lot on that day. We read about basically two things that happened to him, and we come to find there's a lot more than that. I think the biggest thing he lost was walking with God. I think that above everything. He lost everything. We tend to talk about the sweat of his brow and, and how hard it is to work. That's a side issue. Just like David, when David sinned and realized he'd done wrong, the first thing he wanted back, he wanted the joy of thy salvation. That's what David missed. And I think Adam and Eve, once they were outside the garden, they went, we messed up big time, didn't we? Yep, sure did. Right. And so Satan is famous for doing these kinds of things. Because without that, so God comes down and he redeems man. And watch what happens. Man lost it all. His dominion, his walk with God, his eternal life, he lost it all. God sends Jesus Christ down. Now, all of this was planned for the foundation of the world. But he sins to die at the end of the world, the Bible says. Because without the shedding of blood of Jesus Christ, there's no heaven for anybody. Now, heaven will be there. But there'll be no heaven for us. Devil sure seems to be working things out his way, doesn't he? How come nobody recognizes him in any of this? Why doesn't anybody say, honey, let's stop this. You know what's going on. When's the last time a husband and wife were duking it out and she's beating the snot out of her husband and all of a sudden they stop, he quit acting like the devil. Uh, When did he ever do that? Nobody brings his name up, right? So because we come to find out without the shedding of blood of Jesus Christ, man goes to a, what kind of hell? A devil's hell. Hell was not created for mankind. The Bible said it was not created for flesh, but for the devil and his angels. So that's why it's called a devil's hell. It's not called a human's hell. God did not make it for you. God did not make it for flesh. God made it for him. But the Bible says hell hath enlarged its borders. Now I don't know if that means a lot of crowd is going there, so I've got to keep increasing that, or it simply means the devil's going to be joining you down there. And that's where he's going. It's the devil's hell. So we find out here the devil doesn't wish to go to hell any more than you do. So the devil wishes to stop who he can from receiving the gospel. He wishes to stop. He can't make anybody go to hell. He cannot absolutely stop anybody from believing. Right. God created, according to Romans, a law called the will. You, you got one up here, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not your kidneys, up here. It's not here. We use our heart. Say, I just this is what I think. No, no, you, you need to think. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. If, if the devil can hide the gospel from one person, he can hide it from all people. Right. So there must be something we misunderstand here. Because it said, look what it says in verse number 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, huh, can be hid, then it tells us who it's hid from. It is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, we read that a minute ago, right? right. Hath blinded the what? Not the eyes. Eyes are one of our big problems. Well, one of mine is anyway. It's your your brain, right? That's what he said right here. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why would he blind the minds of them that believe not? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, side note, should shine unto them. So we understand that he blinds up in here. The battle is for the mind. And the way he does that is the devil uses the world to incite your own fleshly lust. All that's in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of the life, is not of the Father. So he uses that against you to excite your flesh to do stupid stuff. And when that happens, we become very carnal, fleshly. When we become carnal and fleshly, we don't think about him anymore. We want to blame people. When's the last time somebody sinned real good and you not like this? The devil's really after us, isn't he? First thing we do. Why would you do that? Right. Well, who in their right mind would get kicked out of heaven? God kicked him out. So what do we have here? He said, but in, in whom the God of this world now, the God of this world hath blinded the mind of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel. What is the gospel? This is not the gospel. Look up here. This is not the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel which saves. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. That is the gospel. That is the gospel that we take into all the world. People today are, infuriates me, We're taking the Bible, trying to teach blind, lost, dead people how to live for God. Well, let's go to Schedinger and kick those guys in those caskets over there. Let's call them names and spit on them. They don't care. They're dead. Let's teach them the encyclopedia and the Bible. They don't care. They're dead. So we're talking about, we we just, we've messed everything up. So what happens here is this. Then to uh, who, then to who? Oh, Not only to those that are lost does he blind their minds so they will not get saved. They could, but something, he takes this and goes, I can't serve God. Look at that. I can't go that way. What about that? I can't stop this on Sunday because my job, that. He's blinding their minds to the things of God by the world that he's the God of. So, what happens to the saved? Well, he's after them too. Now, he can't take you to hell. Once saved, always saved. You can never lose your salvation. It's impossible. If you were ever to lose your salvation, you could never be saved again. Hebrews said, for he will not put his son to an open shame again. One time. If the blood of Christ is not good enough to save forever, then it's not good enough to save at all. Because as soon as you got saved, you start sinning again. Now, watch this. Those who are saved... To destroy, what's he after them for? To destroy their effectiveness. You ever wonder why God saved you and left you here? You said, well, yeah, to live a good life. Wrong. <makes> well, so we'd be at peace with mankind. Wrong again. <makes> so we'd just be nice to our neighbors. Okay, but wrong again. <makes> That's not why you were saved and left here. You were saved and left here to win other people to Christ and then teach them how to live for him after they get saved. You're not here just to do the best you can. You're not here just to get along. You're not here to save money. You're not here to you're not here to everything that most people will argue about. Well, it's just nice to do stuff like that. I agree with you. Show me that in the Bible. Well, let's just set the Bible aside and talk about things. I can't do that. So what happens here is this: He tries to make them. He ruins. Uh, he 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 ruins their testimony. Watch this by getting them to get back out in the world again. Oh, now we do it over business. I mean, come on, you got to work. I agree with you. And the Bible says you need to. So is it all about work? It's all about family. Don't shake your head. Yes. No, it's not. Look at me. I want you to look at me in my eyeballs. No, it is not. It is all about Jesus Christ. I don't think you should forfeit one for the other, but I want to ask you a question. If it came to living for him or compromising because of family, everybody who's ever served the Lord is going to have to answer that for themselves. Well, I don't really think you call it compromise. Just that kind of talk is telling me you're compromising. That's right. So watch what it says here. Go to Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. you got to hurry. Slow me down. Romans chapter number 6. I want you to look at verse number 16. Christian, listen to me. You cannot be indwelt by a demon. Light and darkness cannot dwell together. And there's no greater light that's left here on this earth than the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God. Who, if you're saved, he is in you. He cannot leave. He is sealed there until the day of redemption. However, you can be influenced by him, the devil, and your flesh and the world. And when that happens, you actually, Christian, look at me, you actually start fighting against the cause of Christ, whether you recognize that or not. Watch what it says in, in uh, Romans chapter number six, verse number 16. Know you not to whom you yield yourself servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So which way are you going? Then that's whose servants you are. Well, I haven't made up my mind. Your actions are telling you what you're doing. Wait a minute, we're not done. Look at verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you. That would be the gospel. Being then made free from sin. Now, see, that's where your, your modern-day second and third-generation Christians draw the line right there. See, I've been set free from sin. I'm sorry, there's a, there's a comma there, not a period. Became the servants of what? No, no, don't no, say God. Righteousness. Living right according to what God wants. Now, when you don't do that, you're actually aiding the devil. You're yielding your members to assist him which actually fights against the cause of Christ on this earth. So, uh, let's see here. Look at verse number 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, he's talking to Christians, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness and unto holiness. Lost people can't do that. So he's talking to Christians. You're yielding to the wrong thing. Okay, if if you can yield to that, then change and yield to that. You've been yielding to unrighteousness. Your decision, change and yield to that. And God lets us know. Look, all that's in the world's against you. All the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, its all against you. It's not of the Father, but it's of the flesh. The Bible says so. And so we have a problem here. Please understand. We have to understand here. Go to First John chapter number two. 1 John chapter number two. Way up by Revelation. First John chapter number 2. Go down to verse number 15. This is why God warns us about falling in love with the world. Not falling down, kissing the earth. Not that kind of love, okay? Look at verse number 15. First John chapter number 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. That's right. He didn't say you weren't saved. Quit telling people you love me when you're running around with the whore called the world. Don't do that. By the way, you think that's rough language. You ought to hear what the Bible talks about, that when you start cheating on God, it calls you adulterers, adulterers, you're whoring in the world. Right. God's real serious about this stuff. Watch right. what he said. The love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. Why? Because all that is in the world, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is not of the Father. So when you fall in love with the world, you fall out of love with God. Why? You can't do both. You cannot serve two masters at right. the same time. So then the Bible tells us, then what are we here for? To go into all the world and preach the... Gospel. That's our job. That's the basic job. That's the overriding job of everything we do. We are said to open the eyes of the blind. Now, your charismatic friend's talking about people who can't see physically. That's not what this is talking about, right. it's talking about spiritually blinded. What's happened here has blinded them. They cannot see what's going on. Acts chapter 26 and verse number 18. The devil is not dead. He's still working to damn the lost and also to destroy the effectiveness of the Christian. Doing a great job, isn't it? One more. Let me go here. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. In Revelation chapter number 20, let's talk about his destruction. This is what he's trying to do to mankind. He's doing a great job. Now, let's talk about his destruction. Will this ever stop? What's going to happen to him? How will this all wind up? Look at, if you would please, Revelation chapter 20. Look at down verse number 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Now, before this, Satan was chained in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. We'll talk about this in just a second and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth encompassed the camp of the saints, camped about the beloved city, talking about Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and destroyed them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And it talks about the great white throne judgment. One of the last attempts to usurp authority over God and his people, you just read about right there. He'll give it one last shot. He and all his are cast into the lake of fire, the Bible says, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's his lasting doom right there. Now, he was chained up for a thousand years in a pit someplace. I don't know where that's at. By a chain, a very strong angel chained him up And he was not on this earth. He did not have access to heaven. He came down to this earth, and that's what happened to him at that time. That's not his end when you start reading the Bible. All the universe, the Bible teaches us, one day shall look at this being, this man that came to earth, incarnate, and say, is this the man? Is this the man who destroyed kingdoms? Is this the guy who caused all this problem?" And the Bible said they'll narrowly look upon him like, that's it, huh? So what happens here is simply this. Go to Isaiah chapter number 14. Isaiah chapter number 14. We're almost done. Hold your breath. Isaiah chapter number 14. Isaiah chapter number 14. Look at verse number 15. Thou shall be brought down to hell, the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms, that made the world a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? This that you just read about is after the rapture of the church, which is the next thing on God's agenda. He said, When's that? Nobody knows. Don't let anybody fool you. Nobody knows when the rapture will take place. This that we just read is after the tribulation, which takes place after the rapture. It is a seven-year period that takes place, maybe not immediately after, but there's a peace treaty signed with Israel, and seven years to the date of that signing will be what's called the tribulation, great tribulation, which is seven years, great tribulation, the last three and a half years. So it's yet future. This that we just read about is after the millennial, when the devil is finally cast in the lake of, fire is after a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, after that, so it's after the it's after the rapture, it's after the tribulation, it's after the millennial reign, this is after the battle of Armageddon, right. the battle of Armageddon takes place in a valley called Megiddo, I guess when we go to Israel we're going to get a chance to see that hopefully, and uh, my daughter says it's very lush, it's very beautiful, kind of makes sense doesn't it? Everything the devil touches, he corrupts and ruins and makes ugly, right. doesn't he? And there'll be a battle there. And the Bible said every every nation in the world will be involved. And then the blood shall rise to the horse's bridle. I'm not sure how high that is. Four foot, six foot? I don't know. Is that the horse bending down to eat grass? I have no idea. Is it a big horse? Or small? I don't know. It just says that. We're talking about a bloodbath, literally a bloodbath. So we find out here the battle of Armageddon takes place at the end of of the tribulation. And that's when Jesus comes back to set up the millennial reign and come to find out that's yet future. And the man does some pretty foolish things. They're going to try to shoot him out of the sky. See, we're so taken with our... Rubber. You know, we have lasers now. We have sonic machines that can just destroy things. And we're pretty taken with ourselves. We really are. Mankind. Pretty sharp. You know that thing with Eve about more knowledge? Yeah, we bought into that one. Hook, line, and... Liberal College, didn't we? Yeah, we bought into that one. We're so taken with ourselves now; we are in control of our own lives. Nobody has to tell us what to do. We control. How many often have you heard this? We control our own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Athletes are famous for making that kind of stupid statement. Right. So what happens is this: this is. After the devil's last attempt to overthrow God. What you just read about there, where it says it come in one place, where it says they came across like a cloud upon the holy city. Millions and millions and millions. After, at the end of the uh, millennial reign, the devil will be loosed after a thousand years to tempt whom he may. And there'll be millions that'll buy into it. Look, if he can convince other angels in heaven to leave the presence of God, this should not be a big problem. And they will come upon the holy city and upon God's people. And God in heaven, that heavenly city, that's always, that the whole earth can watch as it rotates. There it is. There's God's city right there. God shall with the word of his mouth smite them on those die. Boom. And the devil will kneel before God in all the universe. In what form, I don't know. Man, his real form, angel, I have no idea. He'll kneel before God. He'll kneel before God. Do you know when he started off, he was standing before the throne of God? You ever think about stuff like, he was standing before the throne of God. At the end, we find him kneeling and the whole world going, that's him, huh? That's it? Yeah. That's it. This is going to be his destruction. The devil is not dead. Yes, the time is growing near when he's coming to an end. By the way, he knows that. He knows his time is short. Revelation 12, 12. The devil has come down. God kicks him out of even the heavens, and he's come down to literal earth. And the Bible said he comes with great wrath, knowing that he had but a short time. i got to hurry and deceive as many as I can. I have to destroy as much as I can, which is what he does. The devil promises life and cannot do it. He destroys. He causes ignorant Christians to fight flesh against flesh instead of fighting a spiritual battle. Right. When I counsel couples all the time, that never comes up. He did, she did, I can prove, no you can't. How come? I don't know. Nobody brings up the devil. Nobody does that. Right. Nobody ever has. In all these years, nobody said, Preach, I know the problem is. They'll say my weakness was this, or I didn't mean to do that. But nobody brings up the devil; he is the instigator. The Bible said in Ephesians six twelve, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood." Christian, listen to me. We're not. Fi- I don't care how purposeful it is. You're not fighting against other people. Right. Other people are being manipulated by the things of the world to get people to do what the devil would like. It's their final decision, but they did it. But the Bible said we fight against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what we fight against, not each other. So what is the first thing we do when we're upset? We attack a person or a people. But they're the ones to blame. Why would anybody do that? Why would Eve fall for this of her own decision? Well, it was finally her decision, but there was an instigator. So we kind of find out the devil is not dead. Father, thank you for the